the Grey Hat Beard podcast. So, uh, I know many podcasts talk about sponsors. We're not we're not being sponsored yet, so uh, it's something we may look at in the future. Um, uh, and then we, can buy, then we can buy stickers because we know we know Gary loves stickers. So. Uh, uh, and we can sort yeah, of share some stuff like the others do. I, I've, I've got some special stickers now that I don't want to put anywhere. Yeah, my MVP pack arrived. But I think we'll, we'll crack on with this uh, first topic. So we, we are talking about uh, Cortex. And the first topic within that is how will end users use it? So I'm going to be cruel here and say, Gary, any, any thoughts? <laughs> You've seen bits and bobs around it, but so, uh, how do you think it's actually going to be used by the end users? So at this moment in time, it's a difficult one. Uh, we had the benefit of Simon Denton, uh, who's Microsoft MVP, uh, coming to our uh, Power Platform uh, user group last week uh, to do a session on Cortex. So it's the first time he's really kind of done uh, one of these sessions outside of Microsoft um, conference that last time was Ignite that he did that. So he was able to kind of give us a real world picture of what Cortex is like at the moment. It's very much in preview still. Um, there is no user experience really. Um, it's held together through bits of APIs and sending messages to people in Redmond to churn data in a tenant. It is essentially that. Would you say there's no user experience? Because there's obviously they've talked about things like the knowledge center and bits like that. It, are they yeah. not seeing any of that there yet? There then? was nothing to demonstrate that at this moment in time. Uh, yeah. It was in the slide decks. There was nothing real to show. What we got shown was um, the kind of the data collection side. So um, a lot of it was probably things that you've already been used to. If you've seen um, how the AI builder works with, um, with, with Power Apps, there's a new AI builder icon that goes onto, the, um, onto a document library. Uh, you essentially set up uh, training models on the library so that when you drop in a document, it goes, okay, this document relates to this model um, and that's okay. going to extract the information from from that document so you could use it like a drop-in library um, and there was we, we got shown you know how um, you can train it because uh, it's this machine teaching it's not machine learning um, where you tell it you know look for information in these sections um, and, and it was working there was a few issues with some complex layouts uh, there were some complex tables in, in a, like an invoice um, uh, this, uh, kind of example that, that we were shown, um, but it, it couldn't quite work out the right position. But um, yeah, it, it's, I think from I, I a might... business point, it's going to help speed things uh, up. Definitely. I think, yeah, I think that, so certainly when they demoed it at Ignite, they were demoing, you know, the, the development environments that they're using. Yeah. Um, and what they were demoing was either a site uh, where you have a, a Cortex site that you put together um, and then you can have the web parts as well that allow you to surface surface the the analysed content and navigate I'm, through I'm via jump, metadata tags. I'm going to jump in briefly there, Alf, uh, especially for those on the video and we'll, we'll certainly provide links to these. Um, because Naomi Moneypenny uh, did a very good, she joined the uh, monthly PMP call um, 
on there and you, you can watch this video and we'll share links to that. Um, but one of the people at Tensacle, David Warner, always does a great job uh, of their, of taking screenshots of all those elements. So he he's pulled together all the different screenshots uh, on there. So I'm showing some of those on there. And I think one of the interesting things is that kind of block between how you think about Cortex work. There's managing the data, um, which is how you sort of pull that data out, the, the bits Gary was talking about there of it, how you organise it which is how can you connect those different elements? And I think that's where a lot of those web parts come through, that knowledge center, um, which I'll definitely come back to you in a sec on, on that, Al. Uh, and then empower about how you can actually get that to people at the right time. So I, I think from the user experience, there's some interesting things coming with how you manage it. That's gonna be a smaller subset I think a lot of the people will be seeing the that knowledge center side of things, those web parts, plus seeing it built into emails and uh, pieces like there as well. I think from from what I gathered is that those are the same uh, images that Simon had in his slide deck. Okay. I would take those with a pinch of salt. That wasn't <laughs> demonstrated. I don't think that they're using that capability. They're using the capability to basically gather information in a better way so to they're using examples of invoices to be able to put a load of invoices into a document library have a intelligent system pull out the information uh, that's needed and then put that basically back onto the document it's like automatic yeah. tagging um, yeah. but a little bit cleverness in it I think that, that those are the elements that they're different building blocks that, you know, Project Cortex is going to cover all of those because without the mm. metadata, you can't actually do the analysis and the joining and the linking of the, the information. So therefore, they have to have a tool that is going to allow you to apply that metadata and certainly AI builder coming into the document libraries and being able to say, I want to train, you know, the model to pick up on particular areas of a document like that, um, yeah. like the video, the screen, um, and then drop them in. You know, those are those, that is the machine training rather than looking through a document and trying to extrapolate that information based on, based on, you know, the tools that we've maybe used in the past that have been provided by third parties. Yeah, I think the, and, the I, and I think it's a really interesting phrase you use there was machine training. Uh, uh, the machine training. I think machine teaching is the big thing they're talking about. This isn't machine yep. learning. This isn't you have to no. put thousands of docs to process mm -hmm. those. It's a bit of a few docs plus telling it where to look for things. And it's yeah. that combination. There was a, a very good Microsoft Research podcast, which which covers that. But uh, it, it's a very distinct, but a very important point, I think, with it. Yeah, um, I think, I think, I think uh, it, it, one, of the, one of the key things that's going to be really interesting is how users see it fitting into the other capabilities that are there. You know, search, does this replace search? You know, that's always, you know, things like Delve. You know, people used to ask, does that replace search? They'll ask the same thing about this. Does this replace search? How does this fit yeah. in? We will end up with the same kind of conversations, I think, around finding information as we do around communication. You know, what tool do I use in what scenario? I think that'll be that'll be an intriguing conversation to have when we see what this will actually what this will actually do. 
And I the, think it's interesting. Thing, I think Microsoft is still looking at that as well. So from, from sorry, Gary, uh, from ESBC, I think they were very much still working a lot on this and still working through things themselves. It, it, with these web parts, do they sit within search and, and kind of allow you, for example, this we show on the screen here, the kind of no diagrams that you can connect to other things and search one thing and then take it off elsewhere? Or do you specifically go to a knowledge center to find things? I don't think Microsoft know, and I think they're starting to see what is useful for people. Uh, and I'm going to give Gary a chance to, to say yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. Uh, I, I guess from my point of view, from the technology side of it, uh, and Al, you alluded to this, it, it's, it's a series of building blocks to provide one system. Mm. And, and that's going to be Power Platform, certainly with the AI builder. Uh, it's going to use the new uh, Microsoft 365 term store. So it has that in preview. So that's not, it's not going to come live until that happens. Um, and I think that we're starting to see, you know, we're starting to see all these services rise up from where they were in SharePoint before, like search and term stores and then it's up to yep. Microsoft 365 level. Uh, and, and it all is going to be needed for Cortex to really uh, be able to do what they're telling us it's going to be able to do. So there's a lot of work in the background and it's going to be really interesting to see how Microsoft are going to get all those different product groups to work together <laughs> to build context. Because, you know, it, it's not yep. so long ago we were talking about the Power Platform and then all the licensing changed and they're standing on their own feet now as an independent product group. Got um, Graph as well, you know, another app, great example. You know, it's like, where does this sit? How is the licensing going to work? Um, yeah. There was a, that, I think that's, that's, a, that's a really important point because where you're talking about the automated application of metadata using AI Builder. Well, AI Builder is an additional license in Power Platform. It's not, it's come in as an additional service. So, you know, how, how will it detriment the output of Cortex if you don't actually pay for AI Builder and you don't have that automated tagging? Because that's, that's going to be a massive factor because if the tagging isn't there, you know, we've all been around SharePoint and metadata long enough to know the pain of, of getting users to tag things. Yeah. So automated tagging is obviously the best way to do it. But if that doesn't happen, the benefit of Cortex will be, um, well, will there be any benefit to Cortex? And I think that's, well, I think, that's a big question that Microsoft note, have to address. I think on that note, you're right. Metadata is a key to this, which... Uh, brings us neatly to wrapping up that topic and going on to talk about metadata. So we'll have a quick pause and move on to the uh, next block. Thanks for listening to part two, show two. Stick around and we'll move on to part three where we talk about how will Cortex make metadata different. <laughs>